Should I go veggie or vegan? Great idea. Lower consumption of meat and dairy is essential for the food supply, climate change and biodiversity. But none of us needs to go quite all the way unless we want to. Some of the world's meat and dairy still comes from grass-fed animals. And some of that grass is grown on land that is not fit for crops. Whilst it's true that some of that space might be better used for other environmental purposes, such as carbon capture and biodiversity, we should not dismiss the role that animals can play in turning nutrition that we can't digest into food that we can. Animals can add to the variety and health of our diets, but there is an undeniable need for a reduction to perhaps half of today's global average meat and dairy consumption. It means we will need to see much deeper than 50% cuts in meat consumption in most richer countries. It means reversing the current global trend towards more meat, which the United Nations Food and Agricultural Organization predicts will lead to a 23% increase in meat and dairy eaten per person by 2050. Because food conversion rates are higher for dairy than for meat, whilst a move towards less meat and dairy is the most helpful dietary change, swapping meat for dairy is also helpful. The first piece of really good news is that most meat eaters could make both these transitions in ways that enhance not only their health, but also the variety of their diets. Just a personal view, but in a taste and texture contest, surely veggie haggis slaughters the traditional version. A second piece of good news is that as I write, veganism is gathering momentum in many rich countries, providing perfect role models for the world's aspiring middle class. Cutting consumption of meat and dairy also turns out to be the best place to start when it comes to cutting the carbon in our food. I'm using carbon as a shorthand for greenhouse gases, of course. I've written about food greenhouse gas emissions extensively before, not least in my first book, How Bad Are Bananas? The Carbon Footprint of Everything, which I now unashamedly plug, along with a couple of academic papers on carbon and diet. To summarise all of that, the top priority is to cut down on ruminant animals, cows and sheep. There is no need for extremism here, just moderation and a broadening of choice. If everyone who has that choice asks, shall we have meat, pulses, beans or eggs tonight? In the same open-minded way that they might ask, shall we have pasta, potatoes or rice? That shift alone could generate enough space in the whole food system to feed the 2050 population whilst allowing more land to be devoted to biodiversity and, at the same time, if we wanted, liberating a bit more land for biofuel too. And we'll look later at whether biofuel is bonkers or not. If and when you do eat meat, as we've seen, some types are more impactful than others, but all have a bigger climate impact than their plant-based alternatives. We see a hierarchy of carbon footprints with pulses, grains and soya beans as the clear low-carbon winners dairy and poultry products as runners-up, and red meats in worst place. We hope you've enjoyed this short audio excerpt from There Is No Planet B, written and read by Mike Berners-Lee. For more information, please visit cambridge.org.